Welcome to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. Here's today's moderator, Rich Brady. Welcome, and thanks for joining us again. I'm Rich Brady, CEO at the American Society of Military Comptrollers and your host on The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. My guest today is Mary Ahern Snyder, president and founder of Significance. Significance is a woman-owned small business that provides trusted government consulting expertise across a range of functional areas, including financial management and audit, business systems, emerging technologies, and transformation and strategy. Established in 2014, Significance has grown year over year and now supports all of the military services in the Department of Defense. Earlier this year, Significance was named in the Inc. 5000 private companies list as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. We are excited to have Mary on the show today and hear how she has led the company in this tremendous growth. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Mary, if we could go back to the beginning, uh, 2014, as we talked, uh, kind of a difficult time for the Department of Defense coming out of sequestration, a lot of budgetary pressures, uh, but that's when you decided to uh, found significance. Uh, can you talk a, a little bit about that decision and what drove you to, to dive into uh, starting a company at that time? Just a quick snapshot about me. I came from a serial entrepreneur as a father, so lack, I have a lack of risk aversion. So just to let you know, set <laughs> yeah. the stage. Um, yes, I got into this business um, in 2004, and I am not a pride before I came into significance. There's a little bit of background here. Um, and I'm not a prior senior executive. I'm not a prior military. I'm not a prior large uh, Lockheed Martin, Deloitte, KPMG. Um, but I found quickly that this business is relationship-driven. You're getting great people in and having them work together well. And then being trustworthy and transparent with your employees, your partners, and your government clients. And then sharing the success with everybody else seems to be uh, the key. So in 2014, uh, it was a little bit of a forced opportunity, which was it worked out great. Uh, I ventured into this and kept those four things in mind when I started it. And it's really helped us you know, grow every year since then. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely want to come back to uh, what you talked about, that relationship focused and how that drives your business. But uh, you said that uh, you're kind of a serial entrepreneur or came from a serial entrepreneur. What uh, lessons did you bring from those previous companies, lessons learned, you know, positive and negative that you then applied to significance that uh, has really led to its growth and success? Well, um, to give you a little bit of background from my, the, my father, uh, did he went from starting gift shops with my mother, and then they, he ended up, his last business was finding a new technology for minimally invasive surgery for, uh, in the medical industry. So, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, you're not constrained by what, what you know, you just need to be able to learn, right? So, um, and then in the other prior business, I, I um, was in a business partnership. Um, it, was, it was positive in the sense that it, it was a uh, paid education Right. So I learned a lot about this industry, uh, and what I, it did give me for ten years. We, I had it built the confidence that I, it gave me the confidence that I could do this on my own. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to come back to that as well uh, to talk about what it takes to succeed uh, in this business uh, with a women-owned small business uh, in a very competitive environment. So let's say that you're uh, in front of a potential client, one of the services. Uh, what's your thirty-second pitch uh, if you're if you're pitching? What's the difference between significance and uh, and some of the competitors out there they could go with? So uh, you know, you're, there's different things. Where our footprint is uh, right now, we are centered around the CFO controller, i.e., that's why we're very very indebted to ASMC. Um, basically, 
the relationships we've built have been through the conferences, through our attendance, et cetera. Um, so our footprint right now is initiatives around the CFO, i.e. audit readiness, business process standardization, um, some of the other initiatives that are ongoing. We also we also focus on the systems around the comptroller and you know, and the CFO, uh, DAI, we just talked about that a little while ago. DAI is a huge focus for Marine Corps right now, which is one of our customers. Um, we are involved with Navy ERP, uh, and Sabres is a, is a system that they are going to be moving off of, but we're heavily in, invested in that also. And then the tools around the CFO, you know, ro- robotic process automation, um, Power BI, some of these tools that allow the CFOs to make better business decisions. These are the areas where we're in, involved in. And I think what our competitive edge is, when you, you, I think you did kind of alluded to that, uh, we bring in, we try to bring in the best expertise we can. And I know that sounds like cliche, but between that and the relationships, we're able to give a, uh, provide solutions to our government clients. So I've always been fascinated. You talked about kind of the main business areas that you're working in, uh, you know, a lot of financial management, a lot of audit readiness systems. Always kind of fascinated on how companies decide where to focus their efforts. And and if you go back again to 2014, if you look at your business strategy, was it uh, more of a, an emergent strategy? Did you just kind of go where the market took you? Or did you have a plan up front to say, no, we, I'm, I'm establishing this business and I want to get into audit readiness, audit remediation. I want to get in that area. And it just kind of grew from there. So can you talk a little bit about how that strategy grew and where it's leading you in the future? Well, to talk about the strategy a little bit at the beginning was a little bit of a survival mode. So initially out of the gate, uh, I had a, um, a person that had expertise in asset management, real property. Um, but to be honest with you, this is a people business. So the, the good news is you really can be anything you want to be, but the bad news is you can be anything you want to be and you can get distracted and um, you know diluted. So we started with the audit readiness and that was my background in my previous organization. So Audit readiness, I knew. We knew the relation. We had the relationships. Um, I had some key people that joined me pretty quickly, pretty early on, and we built the business around that. But then, by with the relationships we had, we listened to our customers and we tried to stay ahead of what the market was doing. So we were kind of looking around the corner because of our relationships, understanding what leadership, the initiatives that leadership was going to come out with. So we were forecasting and working with our customer to plan ahead and to, so they're not caught flat-footed. Right. Uh, so you are also an economically disadvantaged women-owned small business, uh, and that's a special designation for, for businesses. Uh, can you dissect that a little bit and, and talk about each of the components and what that does for you as a, as a company? Well, we, so economically disadvantaged women-owned small business is actually a subset of women-owned small business. Okay. Um, and, and the way it's a measure of your Income, you have to be below a threshold for income, um, personal income. And at the time, I'm more than qualified uh, assets and your net worth. And if you're below that, then you apply through the SBA. There's a new certification process, and you're certified at EDWOSB. Um, it's a great, it's a, I applaud, I applaud SBA for going and taking this initiative and going in the direction to allow you know, women to provide, to provide services at a smaller, with a smaller competition um, the problem is that the, the organization or the program is very immature. Um, mm. we're, I just actually just, because I knew I had this uh, interview today, I did a quick search last night. There's three EDWSB forecasted opportunities in um, coming in the next two years, three years. 
And I, on the same, on the flip side, there is 88 SDVOSBs worth like $2 billion. The ones that for the women-owned small business and EDWSB, I think the, the total was like 600000 So it's still growing. It's still something that we're having to educate our customers with. Um, you know, it, a lot of these contracting officers are not aware what to do when they, how to set aside the work. So it's an education process. But, I mean, again, I applaud the SBA for taking the initiative to, to push this forward. Yeah, so I think most people uh, who are in this space are familiar with the service-disabled uh, veteran-owned small businesses, uh, less familiar with the economically disadvantaged women-owned small business. And it sounds like, really, you need to get kind of the word out about this these programs so that uh, when the government is letting contracts, that they are uh, effectively setting aside contracts for these programs. Is that is it kind of how it works? Yes, exactly. Um, and again, what we're seeing is all, some of these opportunities are coming out. There are more cleaning services. They're the traditional woman from the 1950s. You know, they have a cleaning company. They have the secretarial services. So really pushing out and getting the word out um, about the opportunity to to give women a chance. And there's a very, very credentialed women out there that provide excellent service. So you can do a heck of a lot more than uh, just yeah, uh, cleaning, running cleaning businesses. Yeah, yeah, you certainly don't want me to clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but but uh, you've you've grown. We talked yeah. a little bit about your growth, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, are you about to grow out of? Is there a potential where you could grow out of uh, being an economically disadvantaged woman in small, small that business? Is, as interesting as that is, like you feel like it was yesterday. You could barely make payroll, and then here we are. Fast forward. I'm like, oh my gosh, we. So we probably have. Two two years for the certain for certain NAICS codes, um, we probably have two years left of okay. of being small. I mean, as we get more into IT, we have a little bit more of a runway. But this is something we have to plan for, you know. And and, and I listened to Sonny saying, and he's in the mid tier market, and they're having to compete with, you know, you're competing with the larger companies, and it's a it's a whole new ball game. But you know, planning ahead and you know putting the strategies in place so you're going to have exponential growth is what is key. So it sounds like I think you're at about 100 plus employees now, yeah. about 25 million in revenue. Is that kind of where you're at? Yeah, uh, we, we're probably going to do a little bit up to closer to 30 this year. So, right. yeah. All right, fantastic. You're listening to the Business of Defense. I'm with Mary Ahern Schneider, president and founder of Significance. We'll be right back. The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. Welcome back to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. I'm talking with Mary Ahern Schneider, president and founder of Significance, an economically disadvantaged, women-owned small business with offices in Alexandria, Virginia, and Annapolis, Maryland. Significance's business value proposition is rooted in relationships, experts, solutions, and trust. Mary, welcome back. Hi, thanks again. Absolutely, yeah. So I want to talk about, we, we talked earlier in the first segment about this uh, relationship focus, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that um, in the context of your customers. So who are your primary customers? Um, our, so we, I think you mentioned earlier, we're, we're in all the Department of Defense, so we're in all the services, but our main, our, our two main footprints are in the Navy, uh, specifically NAVFAC, and then the Marine Corps PNR. 
Okay, great. Uh, and it's mostly then financial management, audit, uh, readiness, systems work? And then systems, yes. Okay. And um, you, again, talking about the relationship focused, I've had some people tell me that uh, it's difficult to establish relationships like you would in the private sector, long-term established relationships with the government sector because of the government uh, uh, acquisition regulations, procurement regulations. Um, but you've really made that a linchpin of your, your business. Can you talk about that? And, and is it a successful strategy for you? I think it's a successful strategy. Um, and we have enjoyed it because we're small. So I think that, you know, as we grow, we're going to have to keep an eye on how we continue this. But honestly, we have, we, our relationships either are built, people come into the, to the company, you know, we have a lot of prior government, uh, prior military, they come in, they have the existing relationships, and we try to build on them. And, you know, through our solutions and bringing in experts, um, we try to build and establish that bond with them. And then have them you know, just so they can they can trust us to deliver what they need, um, but it, it you know again it, it's it's tricky because you need to also you know keep a arm's length you know away and right. there's been situations where you know we do we're honestly trying to build a relationship and sometimes it's perceived you know oh you know okay let's meet for a beer you know you just be careful and a lot of the times to make sure you're also keeping the you know clean so. No, for them. And you want to get them in trouble by being too good of friends with them. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, a second pillar, you, you talked about talent management and bringing in the right talent. A second pillar for you is, is experts, having these, uh, these experts. How difficult is it right now to find uh, the expert talent? Uh, with, there's a lot of competition out there uh, in the marketplace. Uh, so are you able to find the experts that you need to support uh, your growing business? Oh, it is extremely challenging right now. Um, we are, so we have, luckily we, you know, because we started in 2014, we have been able to acquire a lot of talent before that. But now here we are, 2022, people are getting, you know, the larger companies are able to afford $100,000 uh, bonuses, signing bonuses, and we're a small company. So it's a little bit of, it's challenging for us. We don't have that cash to right. reserve to be able to, you know, give us a cushion until this breaks up a little bit. So... It, it, it's it's a, ch a challenge every day. Um, we we sell our culture. We sell our you know the promise of you know you being able to be empowered. We, you know, but it is again we're fight you know we're fighting against other people in the same boat. So it's you know it's tricky. Uh, but we're you know we're still able. We've been able to still continue to grow and bring in talent. It's just going to be. A little bit tougher battle. No, absolutely. So. You, you you mentioned culture as well. Obviously, that's very important. Uh, you know, if you can't necessarily pay, pay competitively with uh, with others, uh, some of the largest, you can establish a corporate culture that uh, is inviting and people want to work in, and where they really feel empowered. Can you talk a little bit about the corporate culture at Significance and and you know what type of culture you're trying to establish there? We um, that is actually one of our biggest um, I guess in initiatives. Uh, and I actually even have a chief people and culture officer, and this was before 2020. Um, and interesting enough, the COVID and that's really put a challenge into us continuing to build a culture uh, because people were remote. What we've done is we've, you know, we try to um, interface with the, our employees and our customers as much as possible. The employees for the culture part, uh, we. We promote work-life balance. We promote 
continuously training and growing themselves personally and professionally at CDFM. We promote, um, we, we enjoy helping the community and driving causes and really having people just enjoy what they're doing and their, what their work is. Um, it's hard to pinpoint, but we also look for people that are cultural ads, not, not a fit, because the fit is like the cookie cutter, you're all the same. The ads are a different, adding a different dimension, dimension to the company. Um, when you're uh, looking at somebody who has a diverse background, they can add such a different perspective to our culture. So. so it really ties in, that culture piece ties into your thoughts on diversity, equity, inclusion in the company. Does that resonate then when you provide services to the, your, your government customers? Do they recognize that? I think so, because I think, you know, for example, um, I have a woman that uh, was actually the director of a battered women's shelter that's, that works for us. And, but her perspective in um, some of the work that we're doing, along with in tandem with, with the collaboration of the people that are experts in that specific work stream, um, resonates with the customer. So we're, it's, as we collaborate and we fit the parts and pieces together, it, it's a value add for them. So as you grow, we talked in the first segment about the growth uh, and kind of growing out of uh, some of these categories, these small business categories in the future. What type of talent are you going to need to bring on? Are you looking not only for experts, but also are you starting to consider board of advisors, board of directors? Are you at that level where you need to start uh, thinking much bigger? We we do. We need to start looking at, again, as I think we've, we've got a, a two-year runway right now. And we had to... Um, sharpen up our st internal structure. We need to bring in people that have been on the other side of, of a growth situation. I've been, and I've been starting to establish a board of advisors slash board of directors. Uh, we're at that size where it's, it's gonna be necessary. Um, so yes, it's, it's keeping the internal talent as we can and then bringing in people that can help us get to the next level. Yeah, I know you've talked a lot about uh, your father and uh, you know the impression that he had upon you as a, as an entrepreneur. Can you talk a little bit about uh, other mentors or or your father a little bit more? And you know what to kind of specifically what kind of traits uh, make for an entrepreneur to be successful in this uh, highly competitive government contracting environment? I think um, I, I'll move on from him, but he he's great and he's from Brooklyn and he was scrappy <laughs> and. So unfortunately, he passed away, but uh, I learned a lot from him. Uh, the one thing I also learned from him was to stay humble and know where you came from because you're never bigger than the people that you're with. The other, I wanted to mention some other mentors, I, and I looked at the word mentor. I, I think of it as a person that's either support, a person that teaches you, that gives you guidance. And I have you know, really leaned on many women um, that are in the professional world. There's a woman named Sarah Starry. She's been, uh, Starry Associates, she's been in business um, for over 30 years and this in this crazy world. And she has just remained grounded and not full of herself, but she's large, she's almost, you know, ridiculously large at this point, but very open to giving me advice and communicating with me what her thoughts are, attends our Christmas party. I have Ginger Bonin, another one. When I first started, she said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get there. And she was very supportive with me. There's, um, and I just feel like there's my, when I think about women, you know, again, lighting another, lighting another candle is not going to detract from your light, right? So they continue to support each other. There's, no, there's nothing to lose by helping others. 
So I, I feel very lucky to have many professional women colleagues that are very supportive. Um, and, of course, men, too, but, you know. <laughs> so you, we talked earlier about uh, some of this bias uh, against women in business. Uh, it sounds like you've experienced some of that, uh, and uh, but you've been able to overcome it. Uh, and so is that some of the advice that you give to uh, women starting out in business as well? Is uh, Sometimes you have to look past that and, and, and push through, uh, apply some of your father's, you know, grit and resilience and yeah. just to kind of get, get, get into it? Yeah, so uh, I would say... That is probably the first thing you need to know as a woman getting into this business. It's 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 predominantly men, and it is what it is, and embrace it. So you're gonna embrace it, and you're gonna have to, you know, it's you're not gonna change it, and it's fine. There's, it's it's just it is what it is, and so you just kind of remain steady and just like win the little wins, celebrate the little wins, because eventually you're gonna look back and go like, oh my gosh, I'm a legitimate company. So continue to believe in yourself, embrace the fact that it's a man's world. For the defense contracting, and, and of course, because most of the military personnel are male, so that's it. You know, and there's a reason for that. So, do you see some of that shifting though over time? I think uh, a year or two ago, um, the the heads of the four biggest defense contractors were all female at one time, which yeah. was really a momentous occasion. But yeah. do you see this pendulum shifting a little bit? Yeah, I think no, yeah. I, I definitely think that they're the women. Um, I, would, I mean, even if I look at my current customers, they're all there's a lot of there's so many women now. Um, so the pendulum is switching. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's again, relationship driven. So you have to continue to build your relationships. And that's, you know, in, in defense of the, the men, the men in the world, they're, if they serve together, they've all, they've built those relationships over the years. So now as we have more and more women entering the military and, you know, the numbers become, you know, more equal, then we see, we see them build, coming in with the relationships too. Great. Well, so let's talk five years from now. Where is uh, where is significance five years from now, and where is Mary Ahern Schneider? Um, <laughs> that is a good question. I, I our plan is to continue to grow, um, and I said if, if 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 I guess all goes well, and that's something that implodes, we'll probably graduate in the next you know in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six. We'll be considered large in some areas, um, and so what I will be do, I will still be around uh, probably. Not for 10 years, but for <laughs> for at least five. Um, and the plan is just to grow and power and gr- um, build out our capabilities. Um, and when I say that, um, deeper in the customers, getting more and more capabilities. And then as we expand our breadth, you know, the breadth of the, the customers. And right now we're currently DOD, but we're not, we're not, there's Army. We still have a lot to go in Army. We have a lot to go in Air Force. Um, so duplicating what we're doing and the current customer base and going into expanding our customer base and building those relationships and capabilities and building those experts and those other, you know, other customers. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I've really enjoyed uh, speaking with you today, Mary, uh, and I appreciate all the insight that you provide us into uh, not only significance, but uh, kind of the unique aspects of, again, being an economically disadvantaged women-owned small business and operating in this very, very competitive uh, landscape. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'd like to thank today's guest, Mary Ahern Schneider, president and founder of Significance, for her insights into Significance's business structure, strategy, model, and culture that provides a competitive advantage for her company while meeting the needs and requirements of her government clients. Watch the Business of Defense again next month, where we bring you inside the companies working to drive transformation in the defense sector to hear directly from their business leaders and and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. I am Rich Brady, CEO of the American Society of Military Comptrollers, and I thank you again for joining us. 
You are listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search ASMC. Thank you for listening to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network.